0: Hello, and welcome to the Love Shared podcast from the River Church in Redlands, with the latest in our dialogue series, our monthly discussion where we sit down with great guests and dive into conversation at the intersection of faith and society. In episode 15, Mark Leonard interviews special guest pastor Don Four from Oak Valley College as they tackle the topic of Christian higher education and student loan debt. Check out the show notes for any additional information from the episode. Now, let's get started.
1: Well, thank you for uh, the people who are here uh, and the people who might be watching live and the people who are listening after we record this. This is the Love Shared Podcast Dialogue Series. And today, I am guest hosting because Pastor Nick Intout, uh, we gave him permission to go on sabbatical. So he's, he's out. He's on sabbatical, and I am here instead, and, and uh, I'll try to carry on the best that I can. But we have Pastor Don Four here, and we're going to be talking about um, debt, stu- specifically student loan debt, and the work that both he and I are kind of involved in in creating this new alternative for higher education uh, that is kind of trying to tackle this problem of student loan debt, with a Christian education, how do you how do you get a Christian uh, degree without student loan debt? Oak Valley College is trying to do that. So, Don For, thanks for being here.
0: Thanks for letting me be here, Mark. Appreciate it.
1: So, just as an introduction, you and I know each other because um, we worked together at a group called the Barnabas Group. That's where we first met, right. where you were sort of leading our board of directors um, and getting people excited about the work that we were doing. Again, you. Have been a, You were a pastor for 40 years in Riverside.
0: As, well, 40 years in, in, in California, about 18 in Riverside.
1: Okay. So, uh, and then since then, you've just done a number of different things, and now you have this successful consulting group that you've started where you are um, coaching and ministering to churches and pastors and nonprofit groups and right. helping them achieve their mission. Right, right?
0: ministry leaders, and teams, and it was, which would include, include churches and nonprofits.
1: And it, you named it something confusing, so I'm going to let you tell us, what is the name of your company? The name My
0: company say? is Emmaus Consulting, and, my, uh, and the byline is coming alongside ministry leaders and teams. It's just like when Jesus was on the road to Emmaus and came alongside the two men who were confused about the events of, of, uh, of uh, happened in Jerusalem with Jesus being crucified. And, and so uh, my, my thing is coming alongside ministry leaders and helping them figure out the things that are confusing them, or uh, causing them to be stuck in their ministry, and helping them uh, get out of that and move ahead.
1: All right, so let's get into this because you're a pastor. I, you know, like I think like many of us, I tend to have um, low self-esteem when it comes to my Bible knowledge. But I'll ask you, what does the Bible say about debt? Well, the,
0: the Bible doesn't tell us we, sh- we can't get in debt, but it gives us some warnings. And uh, anytime the Bible warns us about something, it's, it's God having concern for human beings who he knows can fail. And so we can fail miserably in finances, and debt is one of those. So Proverbs 22 is it's a really harsh warning. It says that when you borrow money, you may become a slave to the mender. And, uh, and so in our society, we know that people who are, as we, what we call, upside down in their debt— they owe too much on their car, they owe too much on in their, in their house, uh, they owe too much on their credit cards, and now, a subject we'll be talking about, they owe too much for their education. And so now they are slaves to their debt. I saw a sign the other day that said that slaves in, in uh, former cultures were in chains, and slaves in our present culture are in debt. And that really falls true with what Proverbs 22 says. Then when you go to New Testament, New Testament is really clear. It comes about in a different way. It talks about having a balanced, disciplined life. And so if you're upside down in debt, then your life isn't an in balance. And you, there's several things you can't do, like take care of your family when they have emergency needs. If you owe all your money to credit cards and cars and houses, then you can't take care of your family when they need, when they need help. It also talks about giving to, the, to, to God's kingdom and its work. And if you're indebted, and this is what I found it in my last few years of pastoring, people would come to me ashamed and say, "Pastor, we're not giving any money to church." And I go, "Well, why? Because we owe so much money. Every time we get a paycheck, all of our money goes to pay our debt. And that Sunday, we don't come to church because we feel so shamed."
1: And that's something that um, that really resonates with me because just the idea that carrying debt will alter the decisions that you make in your life. Right. And these could be major decisions. Right. Um, and I, I want to talk about an article that I heard on NPR today, just, just today, talking about student, uh, student loan debt. But d- back to the Bible, um, I know that in the Old Testament there was this celebration. I mean, the Bible really addresses money and money issues mm-hmm. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And there, in the Old Testament there was this celebration called Jubilee. Right, right. And that was... That was this, a, a period where everybody's debt was forgiven.
0: Come back to round zero. That's why, right.
1: why would we have that celebration? Why was that important? for? Well,
0: again, God knows the weakness of his people and knows that if they continued in debt for the rest of their life, they would be, again, slaves to their indebtedness. So uh, I, I've, always, I've always looked at that portion of Scripture and thought, gee, I'd like to be the guy who owes money, not the guy who's been hand- lending that money in that, <laughs> in that society, right? So uh, I'm not sure whether everybody loved it. But God knew that people needed to be out from underneath debt, and so that was a unique way. He couldn't pull that off today because, you know, every, you know, all the people who who lend us money, they not only want it back, they want it back with interest. Right. So they, they wouldn't go along with that very, very well. But God knew that people needed to be free every once in a while. So there was the year of Jubilee.
1: Right. So the article that um, I looked up because I listened to it in my car today, uh, did any of you, any, anybody else hear this article? It was... Um, from a social psychologist, uh, Shankar Vidantin, He does the, the Hidden Brain podcast, and he was talking about how student loan debt is really drastically altering the decisions that our young people in America are making. And uh, not only did he have anecdotal stories to tell, they interviewed a couple of people, but they have real numbers, real evidence that um, the story that they're telling is that young people are putting off important things like marriage and kids because they carry student loan debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they interviewed uh, a young lady who had just graduated uh, from college and she had, uh, I think it was something like $80,000 in debt. And the interviewer, the reporter asked her, okay, how is this affecting your life? And she said, well, it's, it's really um, preventing me from making some of the decisions that I had always dreamed about And the reporter says, like what? She says, well, like getting married and and having kids, I'm I'm just not going to do that until I'm in a better financial position. And the commentary after that was, how incredibly sad (laughs) is that? That somebody who's been dreaming about being married and starting a family is now putting that off until she's paid off some of her debt. Um, And you... You have a story that you tell uh, about that because you spent some time as a um, campus pastor at a university. Right. Tell us that story.
0: Well, Christian University in Northern California, and because students are are at the campus four, four and a half, five, sometimes five and a half years to get their four-year degree, which extends their indebtedness, uh, uh, because I was a campus pastor, they would know me better than sometimes the pastors that brought back home. So when they found their right, their, their, their chosen mate at school, they would ask me to marry them when they graduated. And uh, I never married a couple uh, out of that school that were not in debt, serious debt. One of my last couples were in debt together. Their indebtedness was $80,000. And they figured that it would take them at least 11 years to make a dent in that. Um, the statistic we have today is that the average student graduates and when they're 21 years old. And it takes them 21 years to get out of debt. That means they'll be paying for their education until they're 42. Right. And uh, uh, going back to this. Did slavery, you have that
1: kind of a debt when no, you? No, no. I
0: paid. My, I worked my way through school because I got. I I was in school 100 years ago. It seems like maybe not that long ago. Did they ago. have schools back then? Yeah, they had schools back okay. then, yeah. but we didn't have loans. We didn't have grant. We didn't have any of this stuff. You now, worked
1: your way through this college. Don and I know each other well. <laughs> before I can make old old yeah. person jokes, right? So,
0: so the slavery part of this is that. You can be forgiven for every kind of debt in our culture, credit card debt, car debt, boat debt, house debt, whatever debt there is, okay? But you cannot be forgiven for your, for your school loans. The government knows what they were doing. And so now we know in our culture that student loans have, have tipped over the $1.2 trillion mark.
1: $1.2 trillion and, through, in student loans, loans. Right now. You know, and that.
0: so that's an amazing number. I can't even count that, that far. And so now we have a group of students who are going to be enslaved to their debt. Some, most, many of them, now. the statistic is that they're 42 years old. I met a couple in another church. One of the students were signing up for Oak Valley College, and uh, their daughter had just graduated. She's 17. And they looked at me, and they said, we're still paying. We are still, the couple, are still paying for our college debt, and their daughter just graduated from, from high school. So that statistic I just gave is not a joke. It's a real thing. I meet people all the time. That that's the way it is.
1: Yeah, you were meeting with this yeah. high school student just right. graduating. right talking to her about Oak Valley College, and her parents are say, looking at her saying, hey, um, we're still paying off our student That's loans, right. maybe That's you right. should really uh, consider Exactly,
0: so we're, we're really committed to this concept of Oak Valley College that get a four-year degree uh, in three years uh, and the total cost is $10,000. Now wait,
1: wait, 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 you're jumping, jumping the gun well, here. Wait, And I wait. just want to get the plug in as soon okay, as I okay, can. Yeah, just, so the other story that you tell when you were a pastor on that campus, was of this uh, young couple that you were um, engaged with counseling before they got married. Mm-hmm. Tell us that story. Well, the,
0: the issue with uh, the, the denomination that I serve is a missionary organization, and so we raise kids in, in the churches and then take them through their undergraduate, uh, in our undergraduate schools and into our seminaries, and our goal is to send them out as missionaries. Uh, but the rule that we have is that uh, the missionaries cannot be sent out if they have indebtedness. And so it's a little crazy, and it's hard to to even talk about, but uh, this couple couldn't pursue their missionary dreams because they're this great indebtedness.
1: So your, I mean, the rules that they were following, and the the rules are you grow up, you go to college. That's what the rules are in our society. They were following the rules. They had dreams of being missionaries. But they couldn't be missionaries if they were in debt. Right. And how did they get in debt? Because they went to school. <laughs> because they went to college. They followed the rules. Which we
0: required for them to get to be missionaries. So it's a real weird circle. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and uh, it's, it's really hard to grapple with. And I've said it, and I'll say it uh, boldly, that for me, it's almost immoral. For me, it's almost immoral. And I'm saying that just because I don't know what category to put it in. But to set up students to get so far in debt and then say, all the education we gave you to send you out to do something, you can't do it because we let you get in so much debt. It's, it's a little crazy. Yeah. That's true.
1: Yeah, and that's, the, I mean, we're, we're in a church and we're talking about, um, we're talking about this in a Christian biblical context and how it affects our Christian lives, right? Really that's the angle that I, I really want to touch on. and that story really resonates with me. The fact that here, and and we have a mom of two missionaries who are out in Ireland right now. Um, And they're doing great work. And I just see them as this couple that you counseled. Um, So they got to go on their missions trip. They're there doing the thing that they wanted to to do, dream of, studied for, worked hard for. Um, Your couple didn't get to do that.
0: Right. And then other stories of the students getting degrees that don't really have a big list behind them of potential jobs. Great degrees to get, fun to get, a lot of fun things to learn, but then get out in the workplace to have all the indebtedness and can't find jobs with those degrees. And so now, there's, now there's a, that's a double whammy, not only are they not getting jobs that, that they went to school for, now they're going to be paying for uh, an education that they're not using. So it's a double thing. If they were getting the job and using that degree and still paying it off, that's that's a problem. But a double problem is is maybe they go back home now and work in Starbucks for a while and they're paying off their, their, their debt and they're not using their degrees. That's another crazy circle right. that that we're in in our society.
1: So how would you describe sort of the college landscape if if you've got kids that are um, or young people that are looking at their options? For getting a degree or some sort of post-secondary education, what are their options?
0: Well, just traditional just uh, our state schools, and but even then, people still have to borrow some money. You, know, you can go to private Christian school, and uh, you can go to junior college that only gets you a couple of years, uh, and then now we you know we're we're coming up with Oak Valley College, another option where people can actually get an education and be debt-free. As
1: yeah and this is kind of the story that we've told right um, is that there are these three sort of traditional paths to getting a degree you can go the um, state college route where it's probably more affordable and you're not you're not going to get classes that are coming from a Christian perspective you're not going to get professors that are teaching from a Christian perspective uh, you're going to be in classes a lot of times especially in your first couple of years where there are hundreds and hundreds of kids uh, or other students in that class with you. Your professor will will not know you. You will probably not know your professor. Um, that's that's the background that I came from. I went to a state school, and I enjoyed it. I mean, it, it is for some people. I liked the anonymity of that state school, um, So, the, but that's one option. And if you go to a state school here here in California, a lot of times you're going to probably going to graduate in four or five years with a degree with thirty forty thousand dollars in debt most likely so that's option one option two is a private Christian school and we have lots of them uh, out here and we have there are a lot of people in our community that have gone to uh, private Christian schools here a, a lot a lot and they have a great experience they know their professors they have relationships with their professors they take classes that are taught from a Christian perspective but then they graduate and they have, you know, $60,000, $80,000 in debt. And if they're going to get married, they're probably marrying someone from that school who also has $60,000, $80,000 in debt. And they start out their life with $130,000 in debt. Right. That's how they start life. That's their, that's their goal point.
0: Right. I heard you talk about this article about students that are putting off getting married and having children. Uh, but there's also a bigger part of them that are they get out of school, they get married, and the children come. So now, now they, they, they're even further in the hole because kids cost money and time, and you gotta work harder. And so the hole just keeps getting bigger and deeper, and and the debt is it just is longstanding, it keeps moving. So the value of the education begins to tip over and get what we call upside down. If you're paying for it for 20 years, it's, you're upside down if you're still not paid out. And uh, so it's not a house, you know, where you could sell it again. You can't, you can't pay your education off and sell it like you can a house or maybe a used car. So the value, that's the issue now. It's not that that all these schools don't, don't provide valuable education, but the value tips over when you have to pay for it 20 years and maybe not even get a job in it.
1: Yeah, and I think about marriages, starting off in a marriage, and my marriage is really important to me. Uh, I don't know what I would do without it. I, people here know who i married to, um, and I just know that we've had ups, we've had downs, and a lot of times the stressor that causes those downs, or is that at the center of those downs, is money. Uh, when I've when I've been out of work, that that's really stressful on a marriage. So starting a marriage with 130 thousand dollars in debt, I can't imagine the amount of stress that that would put on a young couple, and that speaks to. Uh, our Christian life, our, uh, to me, that is where it hits home. Um, they were that same article that I was uh, reading today. talked about the relationship between debt and the number of years that people were putting off marriage. And it was um, every, for every ten thousand dollars in debt, you are three to four percent less likely to get married after college. So. If you add up to $60,000 in debt, I mean, times three or 4%, that's a lot of percent of you not, probably not getting married because you're putting it off because you don't feel like you're on financial solid ground. And that's crazy to me.
0: Yeah, the old thing as I went to school was you go to school... You go. Uh, you got. You find your job in your field. You get married. You have kids. You raise them, and the same thing happens over and over again. That cycle, as you, you're pointing to, that whole cycle now is broken. It's not. It's not. The, it's not the cycle it keeps going because the cost is just. just so high. Mm-hmm. and uh, when in my day you could literally work through college and pay for it as you went and i did every part-time job and everything i could do wash dishes in the cafeteria drove school bus dug ditches put shingles on roofs and and then studied and and you could do that back then mm-hmm. can't do that now right yeah so
1: and this is kind of a topical issue right now because we're in campaign season we're in presidential uh uh a presidential election year and uh People who are 25 to 34, this is like one of their number one issues that they are concerned about. And what are the candidates saying about how are we going to solve this problem? Uh, so the candidates know this and are talking about it. Oak Valley College, uh, this is your time. So here we go. Why is Oak Valley College different? How is Oak Valley College trying to create an alternative okay. that? Presents a way to solve this problem. So, when we
0: say a, th- a, th- a four year degree in three years, we go trimester year round and $10,000, $300 a month, $1,200 a semester. And uh, when people listen to us, and, and the first thing they think of is, there's got to be a clown who's going to jump out behind the door and squirt me with a squirt gun. Say. This is a joke. <laughs> yeah, right?
1: just kidding. That's right, just kidding. <laughs>
0: uh, and so, uh, we, and they say, how can you do it? It's really easy. Because we're not buying buildings or land or building football fields or basketball gymnasiums, um, uh, any of those, those things. Education, actually, the basic education doesn't cost much. You have to have students, a place usually indoors to, to meet, and professors. And
1: those three things. That's it. Students, <laughs> teachers, yes. and, and a, a place, place to, to meet. meet.
0: And so, uh, now we're, we 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 have, uh, a host, Centerpoint Church in Colton, who's, uh, one of their, their off, off their main campus buildings that they've refurbished. It's a beautiful building that uh, we're leasing. Uh, We have adjunct professors from the glut of Christian colleges that we have. If we were in the middle of Idaho, we might not be able to pull this off, but in Southern California, we can. Because
1: there are are adjunct professors who are teaching not to their... Full-time capacity at other universities, and they're looking to fill that capacity. So we can grab them. We don't have to have a full-time come come teach at Valley College.
0: And and so and so there's no the bottom line expense is is that it really doesn't cost that much to provide it, and so. uh, uh, people now we're, now we're saying you really can get a bachelor's of business degree and you can do it in three years And you can do it for $10,000 because we're not doing all those other things There's nothing wrong with basketball and football I love all that stuff and some students will go to a school and they never go to a basketball game or a football game or whatever a soccer game And then what they don't realize is that they are paying for it They are they are their tuition is, is funding all that and so uh, if you're just interested in education then we have it for you because we're not going to fund a bunch of other stuff. Fine stuff, but not necessary for your education.
1: So you make a good point there. There, Oak Valley College is for some people, right, and not for other people, right, right. Yep. So, um, who is Oak Valley College not for?
0: Well, I would say it's not for people who have have thought about. Maybe their grandfather and their father went to UCLA and it's a tradition and a heritage and we're all going to be you know, Bruins.
1: If they're on a track to go to UCLA, go. Right. if they really want to go to UCLA, they
0: And some students go, well, I'll go with the I have a great basketball team, a football team. Okay, that's fine if you want to pay money for that. But the issue is when you go get a job, they will never ask you how well your football team and your college did. <laughs> they, they, they won't care. They, right. They, right? But, but if you care about that, Then uh, you're going to pay a lot of money for that, right? Education isn't what that is. That's an an additive, and our culture is a sports culture. Those teams make money for the school. It's a money maker. Part of the whole thing. That's right. So it's it's fine. There's no problem with it. But our school is for students that uh, want a business uh, degree because they know that maybe they're going to have to work at a job before they find their career job. And so if they have a bachelor's of business, they could go work someplace, work hard, get moved up to management because they've, they've shown character and now they also have a business degree and they can make, make a decent living. If they wanted to go back to get another degree, they could. Uh, and uh, again, one of the issues that we've already talked about is students who going out with degrees they can't use, now they have no business experience, they don't have any business knowledge and they won't get bumped up to manager because they just stay at that bottom base level pay. And uh, again, now they're having a hard time paying those debts off.
1: Okay, so uh, Oak Valley College, it's it's not for the student who knows that they want to go to Calvin College. If they know they want to go to Calvin College, they should go to Calvin College Mm -hmm. or Dort College uh, or the University of North Dakota. But um, what about the student who wants to go to pre-med? Is Oak Valley College for the student who wants to do pre-med?
0: Well, I, I wouldn't think so because we don't have science degrees. So it's just a bachelor's of business. And uh, if they wanted to go and be in the medical profession selling something, selling pharmaceuticals or, or things, it might might not be a bad – it might be a good thing. But if they want to be a doctor, of course, they, they need to go to Stanford or, you know, wherever those – have those great, great medical schools. So
1: Right. So that's the other thing right. that uh, Oak Valley College does to – Put a boundary around the cost of tuition. Is It offers one degree, right. a business right. degree, which is the most popular degree uh, that, that students get or go for in, in America. It doesn't require us to build law libraries or law schools or right. medical schools and have lots of labs with mm-hmm. expensive science equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to go and get your medical degree at a university that has expensive lab equipment, this isn't it. That's right. It's not it. Yeah. Now, al- on the same token, you recently talked to uh, a potential student who is a nurse right. and is very interested in Oak Valley College right. to get a business degree. Right. Why would someone do that?
0: Here's his story. Being a nurse, I was being a nurse, but looked around in the, in the hospital he was in and noticed there's lots of managers. And so he thought, what would be, what it take for me to be a manager here in this and, and manage nurses? Uh, and so he went to HR, and they said, uh, do you have a business degree? And he goes, no. They go, well, that's, that's what keeps you from being a nurse and, and managing nurses. And then he went to his church the next Sunday, and they made the announcement about Oak Valley College and about this affordable education. And uh, it, it's perfect because I can answer the prayer for him because that's what he wants to do, and that's his goal. And now he has a way of attaining it without going into suffocating debt. And... Uh, and he's already gone to to uh, the people at the hospital he works at, and they're willing to adjust his time so he can go to classes. And uh, so it's, it's just great for him. So uh, perfect example.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I have a, a business degree, and um, so I read a lot of business articles and what is the future of business and who's going to succeed and who's not going to succeed in the future. And, um, A lot of the things that I read and come across is the future belongs to those who can bring together two different disciplines and make something brand new out of it. So uh, for someone like me who has an undergraduate degree in music and then goes out and gets a business degree, um, if there's a way that someone like me could put those two things together, I could be really successful in doing that. I mean, I haven't done that yet, but my wife might be an example where she's going, to, she's going to get a music therapy degree. But when she gets that degree, she will probably be working as a sole proprietor for herself, running a business and trying to find clients uh, as, a music, as a music therapist. So now she will be using her music therapy uh, discipline in a business that she created herself.
0: Right. Talking to a, a, um, a future student the other day and... He's a musician and loves music, and and as we talked, he said, well, I'd love to make a, a living uh, doing music down the road. And I said, well, have you ever heard of the phrase starving musician? And he goes, yeah. I go, you know why that's true? It's because they, they really don't know how to go get a job and support themselves because when you get out in the world, you find out that there are a thousand other musicians that are better than you. And so it made sense to him to get a business degree so he could get a decent job and then fund his extracurricular activity of being a musician, and so he when I put it to him that way he goes that 's exactly what I need to do and he can now still even pursue some some uh, music classes on the side mm-hmm. and uh, while he 's doing all of this, and uh, it just made great sense I said. You know, being a musician sounds great, but being a starving musician doesn't sound so great, does it? So that means you got to go to work. Yeah. So this is a good thing for you. So it's a great, great example of that.
1: Yeah, and I, li- I lived in that music world, and, and I consider myself a, a pretty strong music advocate. Um, and you can make, you can make a living doing music if you uh, are good enough to play and earn money, but you have to be really good. Mm-hmm. And usually, the the lifestyle that you lead is is not all that balanced or I mean you're working you're working when everybody else is playing Mm -hmm. you're working while everybody else is on vacation because you're entertaining them uh so you're working weekends and nights and holidays and and things like that so so that's the life of a uh, a musician who's making money doing music but then there's the other route where you could teach uh, which i did for a number of years so there are ways you can make a living uh in music but if you can make something brand new out of your love for music and your acumen in business, then you've, you've got something that you can really create something uh, successful with. Very true. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Uh, what what compelled you to get involved with Oak Valley College? Why is this compelling to you?
0: Well, just as I mentioned in my experience uh, being a campus pastor in a, in a Christian university and... Uh, at the end of, it didn't hit the students in their freshman or sophomore year. It began to hit them a little bit in their junior year. But the last half of their senior year, they would be in my office just beginning to crumble, realizing because somebody actually took a calculator and added up what the bill was going to be. Because you don't have to start paying your loans until after you get out of school and what, what that bill was going to be. And then they realized how many people that they knew had graduated and still weren't finding jobs in their their degrees that they had just gotten. And the pressure and the tension and the, uh, again, going back to the scripture in Proverbs 22, already beginning to sense that they're going to be a slave. This is going to be a chain on them for a long time. And so it was fun graduating and throwing their caps up in the air, uh, you know, at graduation and having the party. But as soon as that day ended and they got in their car and drove back to whatever town they were in, it's a pretty lonely experience. And uh, and again, sometimes they go back and, and st- maybe live at home because, you know, they need to do that for a while. That's not a fun experience. They've been on their own for four years in college. Now we're going back home, maybe working at Home Depot or whatever. Nothing wrong with working at Home Depot. But if you're $60,000 in debt, it's not, a great, it's not a great experience. And so the, it began to hit them. And, uh, and I... I've never lost that sense of how helpless they felt. And so when Oka Valley College came to my mind from my friends, from you and our president, I thought this is a great thing for me to be a part of because I never, I never really could grapple with what we were doing for the young people that I was in front of for so many years.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, we'll call a spade a spade here because this is a this is a dialogue that is a little different than the other dialogues that we've had. Uh, where you and I are both champions of Oak Valley College. I mean, we are here to tell the story of Oak Valley College. It feels a little promotional. Um, I get that. But at the same time, this is something that I am excited to promote because I think it could help people. I think it could help young Christian people who want to get a bachelor's degree, a real degree, and not be saddled with that debt.
0: Right. Also students in, in Christian schools going into the ministry, uh they're not going to get uh, you know typically ministry isn't a high paying job anyway, not the highest paying job in the culture. And so and and if they reach the highest paying part in ministry ministry salaries, it's not going to be their first few years. They got to work and get in and and do maybe some things that they didn't want to do. And so it's a hard road. And so these are students that we Taught and trained and inspired to be in the ministry, and now they 're going in with tremendous debt into, into a career that's not going to give them you know the big dollars so it's really a dilemma and uh and we are kind of cause so this is a logical logical option for students to get a basic education and and not be in, in debt that's the, we're not against Private schools or Christian schools or state schools or junior colleges, we're not against any of those. What we're against at Oak Valley College, we're against suffocating debt that lasts for sometimes 20 years. That's what we're against. And
1: the idea that you don't have any other option. Right, exactly. I mean, right. because that's what a lot of us think is, well, it's college. It has to be expensive. It has to put me in debt. That's what college does. Right. Right. And so Oak Valley College is... It, is trying, I mean, this is the vision of Eric Blum, the president, that he's been working on this for 10 years. Right. The vision is it doesn't have to be that way. Exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, so it's, uh, uh, every person that finally gets it. Um, I mean, I've been in homes with, with uh, parents and students and they are, they almost want to dance. They're so happy that, that they actually are going to break away from what most everybody they know has
1: been doing and that is getting themselves in debt that's way over their head. So what's the number one objective? You go out and, and, and talk to a lot of parents and, and students. What are, what's the first thing that they say when they raise their eyebrows at you and say, Really?
0: Well, uh, they, the first thing people want to know about is where, where, where we, how are we doing this? How, how can we actually do it? So I just give them the plan. You know, it doesn't cost much for a building and, and adjunct professors. I'll go through that whole thing, and then they want to know about about accreditation. And we're in, we're in a three year process of accreditation for our school, and uh, now the process that we're in right now is we actually have to take a class through, and so uh, every school has to do this. Every college has to do this. You don't. Uh, 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 accreditation is not an event it's not a it's not something you pay for you have to go through the process and uh, our president has been doing this for the last three years and so now we have to take a class through and then we we do what's called outcomes so accreditation is a big issue uh, for parents and students
1: yeah and that tends to be the number one question is is this an accredited school because that that seems to be our litmus test for is this a quality education if it's not accredited it must be low quality Uh, and that's not that's not necessarily true. Uh, what we tell people is there are, there are two types of schools that are not accredited. On the one hand, there are the schools that can't be accredited because they're not good. They're lousy. Uh, and no accrediting institution would accredit them because they're bad. The other channel of schools that are not accredited are schools like ours who are New and going through the accreditation process, which like you said will take three or four years because you have to have a Graduated class to measure learning outcomes. So there's a process that we've already begun right. um, And we have a WASC liaison. We've shown our plan to the WASC vice president. He's approved the plan um, So we're firing on all cylinders on exactly, that. but that right. tends to be the measure of quality
0: right. in my experience uh, 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 when you go for higher education after your bachelor's, maybe master's degree, they they will look and see if the school is accredited, and uh, uh, and so uh, that won't be an issue. Our school is in the process; that will happen. Um, most 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 people don't even ask whether the school was accredited when you went there. They just want to know is it accredited now.
1: Right. So, right. Yeah. yeah. And and people don't realize, realize that. Schools like UC Merced, when they first started out, they were not accredited. So the first class that graduated from UC Merced graduated from a non-accredited school. Uh, And that's just the reality of how the accreditation process works. Mm Exactly. So um, kind of circling back to the debt issue and the degree issue is kind of a double question, but why should Christians, specifically Christians— be concerned about our personal debt
0: well again going back to the balance slide but as, as i mentioned earlier uh, uh, being a pastor for so many years and in the last 10 years of being a, in, in the local church as a pastor uh, when people uh, we saw giving go down and across the board when you talk to pastors across the country um, uh, people are not able they want to support missionaries they want to support Uh, Their church, their pastors, special projects, but when they're in in, and over their head and in debt, they can't. So there is a shame, there's a dissatisfaction, there's a feeling of being incomplete, not really a part of the body, and uh, doing their part. And uh, this is something that I think the enemy of their soul just plagues them with. Also, tells them how bad a Christian they are because you know, when they pass the hat, you're not giving. You know why? Are you, why are you here? You know you're not you're not a good Christian. So they can do themselves a favor by dealing with that and being more responsible, so that that kind of shame and battle doesn't come on them. And it's gigantic. It's 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 a plague in our Christian community.
1: Do you feel like we talk about money enough? In our uh, we don't,
0: uh, because people, uh, if you don't, they, they don't like it, and so uh, people will say, "Well, I came to church, and every time I went to the church, they talked about money," and and I, I, my response is, "Well, you only went to church a few times, because nobody talks about money every Sunday," and uh, but we have to talk about it, and then we go back to the Bible when the Bible talks so much about it, so we're not out of, out of line by doing it, and not only can you be enslaved by debt, but also Jesus talked about having serving two masters. And, uh, and usually materialism and money was the other master. And so it's, it's a big topic. And uh, then in, in, the, in the epistles, it talks about uh, money being the root of all evil. It doesn't talk about being evil, but it can be the root of it. In fact, it can cause people who have too much money to do things that they shouldn't be doing. So it is a weakness of mankind. It's a definite weakness. And that's why God talks so much about it in the, in the Bible.
1: Yeah, I've, I find it interesting, too. And, and I think it's... Dependent on my mood sometimes to push that boundary or not push that boundary, but our sort of our reformed uh, Tradition tends to view conversation about money as that's an icky topic. You don't talk about politics You don't talk about money. You talk let's talk about nice things Um, We don't talk about the the suffering that money can cause us The breaking that it can cause in our marriages in our families, but it's there and it should, we should talk about it. And if we did talk about it in a healthy way, we, we might be able to live healthier lives and have healthier relationships and have healthier marriages.
0: Every once in a while, I did a crazy thing as a pastor. My wife hated it, but I would tell people that if you're over your head in credit card debt, then this is my advice as a pastor. Stop paying on your credit cards, and here's what will happen. Your credit card, people will say, we're not going to give you any more credit. That's the best thing that could happen to you. Tell them I'm going to pay you. I'm going to be slow by doing it, but I'm not going to pay you for a while so that you refuse to give me credit. It's the best thing to do because you've already proven that you're not disciplined enough to have credit. Okay, and then you can start giving it to your church the way you should, and then pay the credit cards off as in a so disciplined fashion. And then people will say to me, "Well, I'll, I'll hurt my credit." Well, gee. Maybe that's a good thing, because if you hurt your credit, it means nobody's going to give you any more money down the road. You'd have to learn, learn to live on the money you earn. It would be the best thing you could do. Now, my wife cringed when I did that, but people came up to me and said, Pastor, you're right. Why, why, why does the credit card people get more honor than, than God? And, I, and I'm in a bad situation, so I should just let my credit go bad. Who cares? Can you live, can you live without credit? Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't.
1: Yeah, that's some that's some hard advice.
0: It is hard. It's radical. Yeah, but it works.
1: Huh. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, so um, then let me let's get a, let's let's finish up with this kind of question. Then uh, I see when I'm reading articles about student loan debt, I see one solution that young people age 18 to 35 are taking is okay. College is going to put me into debt more than I'm willing to go into debt. And I I feel like this uh, generation, we can call them millennials if we want to. um, Some people don't like boxing them in that way. But I I feel like people of that age are pretty conscientious about money and have a pretty healthy attitude about, uh, for the most part, about the direction they want to take their life and the values that they want to set for their life. And a lot of times um, getting into debt to pay for a college degree isn't valuable enough for them. So the choice that they make is, I'm not gonna to go to college. I don't need college. I'll start my tech startup and, and sell it to Google and be rich, uh, and that's their, that's their plan. But why do you think as a father, as a pastor, why is a college education still important?
0: It is because uh, uh, I've, I've said this, you've heard me say this in, in a gathering of students, is that uh, the college experience develops character. You, you study, you have to think, uh, you, you, you just learn uh, things that develop your character. And most people that hire you and want to know if you have a degree, Most people don't really care what the degree is. They just care that you actually went through a course of study, you finished it, you did well, you you learned the discipline. You had the discipline. So character is the first thing. Humility is another thing. And uh, so my first chapel talk at uh, the university that I that I served in as a pastor, I would say to the new students coming in, uh, this is the statement that you have to believe in. Uh, The statement is this. You have to say, I have a lot to learn and the people in this college have a lot to teach me. If you don't believe that, then somebody's spending $30,000 this year for nothing. And so humility is a part of, of growth. And if you don't believe that somebody can teach you anything, then you're really in, in trouble already, okay? And so those things are really, really important. And uh, so uh, we're, we're looking, and then also passion. So you want people to begin to do a course of study, so somewhere along the line, something catches them, and they find out, this is what I was made to do, and they find out they have a passion to do something. There's an old saying, you know. I know people who have a lot of degrees, but no no temperature, and there's a lot of people who have all kinds of degrees in schools, but they have no passion to do anything. So in a college experience, you can develop character, you can begin to be humble and, and let somebody teach you. And then you also can begin to catch a passion for what, hopefully, what God has called you to do. And so the, the college experience, whether you do it when you're 18 or whether you do it when you're 30, uh, it's really in, it's a really important part of our culture and for the, how we train people. and uh, But it doesn't have to be paid for for 20 years. <laughs> it can be done in a shorter period of time with less money. 21 years. That's right, 21 right. years, yeah.
1: So just to recap, and—, and um, Again, Don and I are both champions of Oak Valley College. Uh, we're promoting this, but we're promoting really what is a, a non-profit ministry because nobody's getting paid right. to do this other than our faculty. When we start teaching, we'll pay our faculty. But Eric Blum didn't start this college so that he could create a revenue source for himself. Nobody's, nobody's getting paid for this. This is a non-profit, mission-oriented uh, ministry that happens to be a non-profit college. Uh, this is Eric's vision and his mission to build this thing that will give people an alternative to going into major debt.
0: So here's a man, our president, Eric Paloma, who has character, humility, and passion. Yeah. And a passion to do this school and has had it for many, many, many years. So uh, it's, it's a great uh, thing being a part of it.
1: It's a four-year degree, business degree, that you get in three years because you go year-round. It's a Bachelor of Arts degree that will cost... The whole degree costs about $10,000. That's right. You pay $300 a month. That's right. And it's $1,200 a semester, and then you get your degree. I'm curious, anybody here have any questions uh, for us? Debbie. Yeah, there's 16-week regular 16-week semesters. Um, so they're trimesters, right? So it's, it's uh, 16 weeks and 16 weeks and 16 weeks. And I think there is maybe two weeks break between the trimesters. It is thirty,
0: two thirty to 6, Monday through Thursday.
1: Yep, Monday through Thursday, 2.30 to 6.
0: So our students can work after. We want them to have a part-time job. In fact, part of their, their education will be doing a special project where they work. And so we want them to work. and It's needful for them to work, and so they're able to do that so they could work in the afternoons, all day Friday, uh, you know, Saturday. And, uh, and it works out well that way.
1: Right. Yeah, so we encourage people to be working because we want them to use the theoretical book learning that they're getting in the classroom. We want them to apply that in the, in the job that they're in. We want them to say to their manager, hey, um, My project this semester is to write a marketing plan. Can I write a marketing plan for our company? And then it's a win-win for everybody. Absolutely. The bosses will love
0: that. We also, uh, because of our relations with with other Christian business organizations, uh, have uh, these students mentored by successful Christian businessmen in our area. And uh, and so that's a great advantage uh, for our school. And we'll only have 25 students, so that's easy to do. And so they'll be getting some great, valuable mentorship along the way, which just doesn't happen if you're going to a place that has thousands of people. They can't find thousands of businessmen to mentor all those students. So,
1: What's your next question?
0: I, that 2.30 to 6.30 or 2 to 6? 2.30 to 6.
1: 2.30 to 6. Did I say it wrong? Seems, yeah.
0: No, you probably said it right. I'm just wondering where you came up with that time frame. because. Yeah. If it was in the morning, then your students could work in the afternoon or the evening. It's actually wrapped around uh, us getting adjunct professors from other colleges and having th- that schedule fit those, those people we're bringing in.
1: Yeah, so a lot of those professors are teaching in the morning, in the morning right. at Cal Baptist or somewhere, yeah. and then they're coming to Oak Valley College right. to teach in the afternoon. Right. Other questions? So for anybody who's listening, for the people who are sitting here listening, for uh, the people who are listening live and the people who are listening to this recording, the action I would like to encourage you to to take or think about taking is uh, just take this moment and think about all the people in your life and find that those one or two people that you know don't have a college degree but want one. But can't stomach the idea of going into major debt. They, they would love to have a Christian school experience, and introduce them to Oak Valley College. Show them the website. Um, may, if you want, if you want Don to take them out for lunch, uh, Don will do that. I'll do that. He loves lunch, and so and he loves. I lunch come to the people. homes,
0: talk to his parents, whatever, whatever meeting place is, is good for them.
1: Yeah. So we will have one-on-one conversations with anybody who's interested in having a one-on-one conversation with us. We're looking for those diamonds in the rough, the first 25 students. And we're, we're halfway there, right. uh, we're almost right. there. So, uh, so if you know somebody in your life that this could change their life, right? This could set them Absolutely. on a path mm-hmm. uh, to be really successful in their life. No other questions? Don, thanks for being here tonight. Thanks, Mark, my pleasure. How beautiful are the feet of the ones who share the good news of God.